This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. Fair and compassionate were the buzzwords for our new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak at his first PMQs today, as he promised to confront difficult decisions with those worse off in mind. The debate kicked off with the Prime Minister defending his decision to reappoint Suella Braverman as Home Secretary just days after she was forced out of the role for breaching the ministerial code. The Home Secretary made an error of judgement, but she recognised that. She raised the matter and she accepted her mistake. And that's why... That's why I was delighted to welcome back into a united cabinet that brings experience and stability to the heart of government. Just before PMQs, the Treasury tweeted that the planned fiscal announcement due on Halloween will be replaced with a full autumn statement two weeks later. On the 17th of November, a medium-term fiscal plan will be announced to put public spending on a sustainable footing, get debt falling and restore stability. And during PMQs, we heard that the government is doing another U-turn on one of Liz Truss's policies and keeping the ban on fracking, sticking to the pledge from the Conservatives' 2019 manifesto. So, how did Rishi do on his first PMQs? And is the future looking any brighter or gloomier? Now we've got a slightly better idea of his plans for the country. Joining me now is the Evening Standard's political editor, Nicholas Settle. So, Nick... How do you think Rishi Sunak's first PMQs went for him? Well, he got off to a very good start. It was a very impressive performance, quite polished, very confident. He had some, some good lines. He played the Corbyn cards quite a few times, trying to remind uh, MPs that Sir Keir Starmer previously supported Jeremy Corbyn as leader. That gets lots of cheers and, and, and roars from Tory MPs. So it's good for the chamber, good for the theatre. Ultimately, that message kind of won't last very long because the public associate Labour less and less with Jeremy Corbyn. But certainly for his first PMQs, that was very helpful. The problem that Mr Sunak had, though, was this controversy over his Home Secretary, Swella Braverman. So if you remember, she resigned literally a week ago after sending a ministerial document from her private email to a colleague in breach of the ministerial rules. This is all believed to be linked to a row between 
his brother man and the then prime minister Liz Truss over immigration policy. So she, she was forced to resign. And then Rishi Sunak brings her back into government a week later. But what was the really controversial part about this is that while he was trying to win the Tory leadership race, Rishi Sunak needed the support of some parts of the Tory right. And Ms. Bruckman was a key figure who backed him. So there's some suspicions that in the end, she got her job for backing Mrs. Sunak to help him beat Boris Johnson. There's going to be lots and lots of questions about it. Labour are already calling for an inquiry by the cabinet secretary Simon Case into it. So he's had a good start, but there's certainly one big, big problem he's going to have to deal with. Absolutely. And as you mentioned there, Labour have sort of called for an inquiry into her reappointment. Are there any signs we could see that inquiry? No, there are no signs that we could see that inquiry. And I suspect that the Cabinet Secretary will not order such an inquiry. Minister Case has proved pretty good at helping Prime Ministers out of these difficult spots. But that doesn't mean that this affair is going to go away by no means. Because, for example, the Commons Home Affairs Committee could look into it. There could be other inquiries. So often, if there's been wrongdoing, eventually it comes out in Parliament. And so often you see these cases, and we've particularly seen it recently, where prime ministers cling on to ministers and um, eventually they have to get rid of them. Swella Braverman is not going to be sacked anytime soon, I doubt it. But how long she stays in the job really remains in question. And the other thing on this is that it calls into question Rishi Sunak's judgment to some degree, that he made a decision, admittedly, kind of in the, in the heat of the Tory leadership contest, but basically needed more support and has gone out there. And at least it appears like Ms. Bravman got her job for supporting him. We know that Rishi held his first cabinet meeting earlier today. Have we heard anything from that in terms of new or changes to policies going forward? No, we didn't hear anything from the cabinet, no doubt. But we've had three interesting developments so far today. So the first is that the fiscal statement that Chancellor Jeremy Hunt was due to deliver on October the 19th, that has now been put back to November the 17th. And if it had been done on Monday, it would have been a huge rush job, kind of, they've only been a few days in the administration. To work out new tax and spend plans so quickly would be really, really hard, almost impossible. Obviously, Jeremy Hunt has been Chancellor for a while, not for a long time, um, but for more than just a few days. So he, he's been preparing these plans. But I'm sure Mr. Sunak wants to have a look at them and to give his own views and maybe change them and tweak them. Whitehall departments have also been asked to make proposals to save lots of money, billions and billions. They're all in discussions now at the moment with the Treasury about where the act will fall there. Second thing we learned actually at Prime Minister's questions today was that the ban on fracking will remain. Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng had lifted that, but that is back on now. So that would be a, a relief to a, a lot of MPs and also constituents in many rural areas where there are possible fracking sites. And the third element we learned from the Foreign Secretary James Cleverly this morning was that the government had previously committed to spending 0% of the national income on overseas aid. This was reduced recently when Mr. Sunak was Chancellor to 0.5%. 
so down from 0.7 to 0.5. Now, the government, previously in administrations, have always signaled that the aim was to get it back up to 0.7. But Mr. Cleverly, the former secretary this morning, made clear that that is not going to happen anytime soon. He said, yes, that ultimately that is where he wants to, to get to. But he says, you've got to look at the economic situation and be realistic at the moment. Let's take a break now. In part two, Nick explains how the markets and polls appear to have responded to PMQs today. Well, certainly the pound has risen again to levels higher now than before the disastrous mini-budget September 23rd. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And based on those things that we have learned today, obviously not so much from the cabinet meeting itself, but as you mentioned, you know, these three changes that have sort of been announced today. What direction does it look like Rishi Sunak is taking the country in? And do you think the direction so far is something Tory MPs will back? It's very, very early days. And what he did say at Thomas's question is that he's going to be a compassionate Conservative and that he is going to make sure that the most vulnerable families and households in Britain are protected during the difficult economic times. How much he does that will be revealed to some extent in the autumn statement, which is effectively a budget on November the 17th. So you'll see then whether benefits are going up in line with inflation, for example, or by less, if they went up in, in, in line with earnings. And that there'll be lots more of these policy decisions which will actually show exactly what Mr. Sunak is about. So at the moment, I think a lot of people are not quite clear because he was portrayed as this MP on the centre-left of the Tory party. But certainly, in, in many ways, he's quite a right-wing Tory MP. The most glaring example of that is Brexit. He was an ardent Brexiteer. We're still waiting to discover exactly where his government will go. The other thing to remember on this is that he's got to keep all factions of his party in his government and on the backbenches those MPs supporting his government. And so he's got some Boris Johnson supporters in his cabinet. He's got some people who supported Liz Truss, some who supported Penny Mordaunt. And so he'll have to appeal to some degree to all those elements uh, to, to try and keep his party united after what has been an extraordinary period of civil war in the Tory party. I know it's early days, as you said, Nick, but is there any sign so far in terms of how the markets have responded to, you know, this new PM and his cabinet and PMQs or even the polls? I don't know if there's been any sort of inkling at all about how it's being received today. Well, certainly the pound has risen again to levels higher now than before the disastrous mini-budget of September the 23rd. It reached either 114 or 115 against the dollar this morning. So basically, the, the, the markets, investors are far more confident now with Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt at the helm. 
than they were with Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng. In terms of polls, there's been one poll out which I've seen that showed the Tories now in the gap very, very slightly, but um, it could all be within the, the margin of error at this stage. And certainly you're still talking kind of a gap of maybe around 25 points. So the Conservative Party have got a mounted decline to regain trust, to rebuild confidence from the public that they can be trusted with the economy again. Obviously, both leaders, based on today's performance, are quite competent in the Commons. Do you think it will keep competition between the two tights going forward? I think the contest now at Prime Minister's questions is going to be far more combative. Liz Truss couldn't think very quickly on her feet. She was a bit wooden. And certainly Rishi Sunak is far more fluent, far more sharp at responding. And Sir Keir Starmer himself, he's actually proved significantly at the dispatch box. And certainly, for example, when Rishi Sunak tried to get him on crime and Labour's record on crime, he did point out that he's a former director of public prosecution. So compared to traditional Labour leaders, Sir Keir Starmer, given his experience at the Crown Prosecution Service, has far more gravitas certainly on crime. So in future, I think there could be some very, very, very feisty exchanges and it's yet to see who's come out the, the winner in most of them. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.